Welcome to the Campfire Committee, Outside and Fireside, a podcast to explore and discover the joy of camping and being in the great outdoors. I'm Allison Logan. And I'm Steph Pavan. We're your hosts. This season, we're stepping up our camping game and going beyond the basics. Whether you're an expert camper or you're new to all of this, we're creating a camping community to share the many lessons and stories, tips and tricks, and all the fun that comes with getting outside and fireside. We're bringing you into the world of camping and inviting you to join the Campfire Committee community. Remember to download, subscribe, and follow us on social at the Campfire Committee so you don't miss an episode or any new fun bits. This podcast is about camping, and though we camp primarily in Ontario, we would like to recognize the Indigenous past, present, and future with a land acknowledgement for Toronto, where we live and make this podcast. We recognize that we are on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and this city is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed by the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. We always aim to grow our understanding of and respect for the diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people in Toronto, Ontario, and Canada. And we seek to forge better relationships and celebrate this land with those whom have historically called this place their home as we visit these places to camp. And we encourage our listeners to do the same. Now, let's light this campfire. In this episode, we're talking all about what to do once you get to the campground and you're ready to set up your site. You've trekked from home to the park for at least a night, if not longer, a few weeks even. Before you can sit back and relax for the evening, you've got to get things unpacked and put in place. Depending on the time and weather, the way you prioritize the items to set up and the speed with which you do it may change. If the weather is really bad when you get there, you may just want to hang out in the car and listen to a playlist. Or your favorite podcast. Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. Before you take it all on and do your campsite setup. Assuming the weather is fine and a storm isn't imminent, you'll want to take a few minutes and truly plan out what you're going to do with your site to make it the most comfortable and efficient while you're there. Exactly. Not taking some time to consider how you're going to organize and set things up can lead to anything from minor annoyances to bigger problems, like spending a thunderstorm in your tent in a massive puddle. Yikes. That's a sure way not to have a very enjoyable experience. To prevent that from being a problem, you'll want to survey your campsite when you get there. Look around at where you'll need to park your car, the designated fire pit, the amount of privacy, distance from water and washroom, and the trees. Look for any dead branches or possible hazards as you do your scan. If bad weather is on its way, setting up a tarp or dining shelter before your tent is a good idea to help keep its spot dry while you figure out how to actually set things up. If the bad weather has already arrived, you might even be able to set up your tent underneath your shelter or tarp before moving it into its designated location. Yeah, for sure. Finding the right place for your tent is one of the most important setup steps. Mm -hmm. The makeup of the site's landscape can make this a really easy or more difficult task. Hopefully, when you booked or chose your site, you were able to find out some details about it in advance. How sloped it is, how big or small. Maybe there were pictures to give you an idea of where the fire pit's located, 
Or if there's a big tree in the middle of everything. And if not, those are the kinds of things to be looking for right when you arrive. (laughs) You want to set up your tent in a spot that's flat and on high ground to allow for decent drainage around it. Mm -hmm. Look to see if there are areas that are muddy or wetter than others on the site. That is where to avoid. Definitely where to avoid. As well as avoiding near the campfire pit. You really don't want to have a chance of any sparks flying and hitting your tent. Once you've got an area picked out, make sure to take a good look at the ground. If there's any sharp rocks or roots that you can't move, you'll want to try and avoid setting up your tent directly over top of them. Think about how you're actually going to lay out your tent. If there is a slight slope on the ground, you want to make sure that you're sleeping with your head uphill. You also don't want it so that the door is uh, right up against a bush, making getting in and out basically impossible. (laughs) Unless, of course, your tent has two doors and the second one is in an okay spot. (laughs) Think about if you want to, if you might want to set up a tarp for additional security from wind or rain or a do-it-yourself vestibule. If there are trees that you can take better advantage of by facing a particular direction, that's something to consider as well. And make sure you've got enough space in the spot you've selected to actually set up your tent fully. You don't want it to be hitting any branches above you or needing to move it around once you've got it all set up. Although we've all been there, it's easier to have that spatial awareness in advance. Mm Mm-hmm. We've spoken in previous episodes about selecting a tent and things to pack. Now's the time to get that tent set up. Hopefully, if you're giving camping a go for the first time, you've tried setting up your tent at home and have a good handle on what your specific tent requires. Yeah. And remember that the inside of your tent is your bedroom for the next few nights, so you want to try and avoid tracking dirt and mud inside as much as possible. Maybe bring an extra tarp or a dollar store mat of some kind for right outside your door as a place for your dirty shoes and such. That can really help with this as well as a small dustpan and broom. That could be stored in your camping essentials bin, actually. It's perfect for keeping the inside of your tent tidy and to help sweep up the sand that inevitably does get in there. Always. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Once your tent is set up, you can go ahead and start unpacking more of the car. Now that you have somewhere to put your bags and sleeping items, it'll be easier to get everything else out that you need. Even with a picnic table on your site, it's nicer to get all of those bedroom items right from your car and into the tent without having to worry about anything falling off of that picnic table and getting dirty right from the start. So from here, you want to decide what are you going to do next. Either set up your tent interior or onto the cooking area. If there's more than one of you, you may decide to go ahead and divide and conquer. Someone can continue with the unpack of the inside of the tent and the other continues with the car in the kitchen area. Depending on what kind of shelter you've got planned for that kitchen area, you may need both people to get it set up quicker. For example, if you're planning on taking advantage of the trees that are around and using your rope to hang up a tarp for cover, it'll be easier as a team. Not that you can't do it solo, it'll just take a bit longer. Yeah. If you've got a dining or pop-up shelter, it's the same idea. It can take a bit longer to do yourself, but it can still be done. Mm Mm-hmm. Regardless of what it is, we do suggest you strongly consider an ability for an additional roof over your head. Something that you can cook under or put the picnic table inside makes for protection from the rain and sun. No matter what you're planning to use, you want to ensure that your cooking area isn't too close to your sleeping tent. A simple tarp and some rope can work perfectly, but the potential of screen walls that come as options with most shelters really take it up to the next level of comfort. Oh, yeah. If you're unlucky enough to get some buggy nights, having a refuge aside from your tent 
or car is key. <laughs> uh, cooking or trying to eat on a really buggy night without some screen walls that you can close really just becomes a war with the mosquitoes. Uh-huh. Exactly. So having an idea of what the bugs are like in the area at the time of year you're going is ultimately going to help in knowing whether or not having some additional bug shield is the way to go. Back to the setup. As we mentioned, deciding what to do next. Setting up the kitchen and living area or the bedroom is up to you. What do you do first, Allison? I prefer to leave the tent indoors until after everything else is set up. Sometimes by then it's getting cooler outside and I'm getting to that part anyway, so then I can just set up my bedroom and also get changed or put on an extra layer, both at the same time. You know, two birds, one stone, that whole thing. How about you? I like to set up my tent interior first, at least getting the air mattress inflated and being able to put all my bags inside with that huge thing in there while I unload everything else. (laughs) And then I stay outside perfecting the kitchen setup, living areas, and one of my personal faves, getting my lighting system up. Oh, yeah. No. I think personal faves is an understatement there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to admit, I'm pretty obsessed with that thing. Yeah. No, but I do agree as well about just getting that air mattress set up and kind of get that part done because that involves the car as well and all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go ahead, though, and tackle the kitchen and main living area for now. You've got your shelter up, and where do you go from here? Determine where you're going to be cooking and whether you're going to have the picnic table inside or outside of your shelter. Maybe you prefer cooking on a table outside your shelter, or you've got a prep station or extra table for cooking inside your shelter. If you brought those along, you'll want to set them up at this point too. No matter what your actual plan is for a cooking surface, make sure that you have a space figured out for where you'll be setting up a stove, assuming you're not only cooking by fire. And make sure it's a level, flat spot. Because you'll be continuing to set up and put away your main cooking source over your time, you want it to be somewhere clear and easy to get to. You don't really want to have to endlessly move the picnic table back and forth every time you want to cook and every time you want to eat. No, definitely not. And yes, there's a beauty in being able to move things around and continue to make your campsite work better for you. But thinking about how you're actually going to use your big key items like the picnic table or any other surface you've brought from home like that, and where to put them so that you don't have to move them around as often is going to make things more comfortable. If you've got hydro, setting up your extension cord now is probably a good idea. It'll allow you to get any lights up and be ready for your air mattress or anything else you'll need it for. Once you've got that settled, you'll want to go ahead and dig into your car and get out your kitchen and equipment bins, as well as your camp chairs and anything else that isn't going to live in your car. You'll want to make sure you have a spot for your cooler and for your food to live in your car where they'll be easily accessible. And think about where you're going to be putting your stove and garbage in your car each night as well. You really don't want to be leaving any of these food or waste items out and give potential critters big or small, an invitation to visit your site at night. (laughs) Definitely not. I make sure to keep a spot in my car for my toiletries as well in one of the front seats where I can easily get to them. Keeping anything smelly away that could possibly attract animals is going to be your safest bet to making sure that the animals stay away too. But depending on your campsite, that doesn't mean it needs to be a long distance from your shelter. I always prefer to be able to have my car either backed right up or pulled alongside one of the open sides of my dining shelter. (laughs) Getting an extra tarp up also allows for essentially having a carport beside my living area or beside my kitchen area, which makes things close by and also provides dry access to my trunk in case of rain. Oh, the carport is the best. 
And sometimes that is impossible, but it can pretty much be a game changer when it is, and you're glad to have that ability to get to your food and toiletries without getting wet. Now, you want to go through your bins specifically and think about what items you want to take out and have on hand quicker, and what things you'll either need less often or are just better living in your bins. We both use smaller bins within our big equipment bins that we can put out on our extra prep stations or tables, and they have things like the kitchen cutlery or the junk drawer, you know, some extra carabiners, bungee cords, duct tape, that kind of thing, right out there in the open. These are great for keeping these things out, but away, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm, I sure do. Mesh bags are also a standout favorite for the ability to keep things like kitchen utensils or garbage and Ziploc bags, clothespins, or your dish kit out of your bins and hanging and easily able to drain if they get wet. You can hang them from a pole or a rope for your shelter with a bungee cord or simply just by tying it. Having somewhere for your garbage and recycling is also important. You can keep a bag on the ground, but you really have to hope it's not going to blow away. Animals can't find it for an afternoon snack or that water doesn't fill it in the rain. (laughs) Yeah. And even though you're going to put it all away and wipe everything down at night to keep things safe from the animals, it's still a good idea to have some way of keeping your garbage off the ground. Whether that's just by clipping it up onto something or by putting it into a dollar store laundry bin or one of those camping garbage bins that you can purchase. We definitely recommend having some sort of specific spot picked out and a way to store your garbage while you're on your site during the day. Also, set up a clothesline with a rope between two trees at the edge of your site, preferably where it'll get some sun or wind. Whether or not you plan on needing it for towels after a swim, having somewhere to hang wet tea towels, or clothes, it's a good idea. You'll be happy it's there when the time comes that you need it. Yeah, for sure. As I alluded to earlier, you'll also want to set up your lighting situation. The favorite! (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you have a few flashlights and that's going to be your main source of light. Make sure you have them out so you aren't searching for them in the dark. If you've got a lantern that needs fuel, fill her up. If you have some string lights or hanging lanterns or an orb light that hangs from the top of your shelter (laughs) and spotlights, take advantage of the daylight to get yourself ready for when the night hits. If you're coming from the city, you may take for granted how much light pollution we experience. Once you truly get out and into the woods and nighttime hits, it's dark. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, so it is my favorite, but we both have pretty extensive and complete lighting systems with soft ambient light, direct lanterns, string lights, spotlights, colorful lights. might be getting towards that definition that a purist might say of glamping that we were alluding to earlier, but to us, it's standard. Oh, yeah. We put a soft glow lantern at the top of the dining shelter, string lights along the four walls, and position the two spotlights over the kitchen station and small table. This effectively creates several lighting configurations, and as we've got multiple power sources, a spare lantern or two that can move where and as needed. This in addition to headlamps for walking around. We're pretty well set, I have to say. Uh Uh-huh. So, in addition to the lighting, you'll want to put down some sort of tablecloth of some variety on your picnic table. Preferably a plastic or vinyl kind that can get wet and be wiped down easily. It is so easy to lose playing cards or game pieces, or even small pieces of veggies that you've been chopping, down into those cracks. Using a tablecloth and some picnic clips to help keep it in place, you'll save that hassle. I also always make sure our first aid kit is right out in the open and hanging up in the corner of the shelter. Hopefully it won't be needed, but again, want to make sure it's there and we're prepared. I guess that's really what this part of setup is all about. Getting yourself well-equipped, and even if you don't need the things in that moment, they're there when you need them. 
Some people prefer to be very simplistic in their camping. More of it we'll get into, I think, when we talk about backcountry in another season. Mm -hmm. But for how I think we each feel most comfortable and safe is to have the things that we want and need ready there when we need them. Yep, ready and available. Absolutely. Also, by having everything there and prepared, you're doing less searching through and finding of things throughout your stay. More time to actually enjoy yourself. Well, that's really what it is all about. Uh, of course it is. So, you'll want to set up your camp chairs near the campfire, along with any other fire poking tools and maybe some fanning tools or the firewood itself. Firewood can be purchased at most Ontario provincial parks, either at the registration office or camp store, or there may be a nearby store outside of the park where you can get it. One thing to remember is a tarp that you can use to wrap around your firewood to keep it dry. Even in summer, the dew on a clear night can make everything really damp. Something you definitely want to protect your firewood from. Mm -hmm. Wet wood does not burn well at all. Definitely not. Along those same lines, make sure that you either cover your camp chairs with a tarp or simply fold them up and put them under your shelter. Again, this will keep them safe from any dampness of the dew, but also the possibility of being soaked in an unforeseen (laughs) rain shower. Yeah. Okay, so what's next? We've got our outside of the tent pretty well set up. Should we jump inside and get things sorted in there? Sure, and remember to take those shoes off. Okay. So in the tent, the main concern is really getting your sleeping spot comfortable. We mentioned when it comes time to put up the tent that you want to be aware of any slope so that you're sleeping with your head uphill. You know, stop all that blood from rushing to your head at night and all. You'll want to lay out your air mattress or pad, inflate anything that may need inflating if you haven't already done that, and get any sheets or undercovering on that you may have elected to bring along and pull out that sleeping bag and pillow and voila, you're camping. Pretty much. From here, it all comes down to your personal preference for how you want to arrange your sleeping quarters, if you will. Once your bed's in place, from there, it's all about where you want to keep your clothes, book, flashlight, battery phone charger, etc. So kind of whatever you do if you were anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you're limited to the space within your tent and the things you've brought along, but like we mentioned in our tents episode, you can always spice it up a little bit with a table or a hanging light or fan, maybe some foam floor pads to make the floor softer. I don't know, the cat litter? Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not a normal thing that most people would need to think about putting in their tent (laughs) when they're setting up the inside, but that is something we do need to find space for in our tent with Bear, our camping cat. And it goes to the back where nobody will be stepping in it. Nobody will be putting anything. And we've upgraded our tent to some huge, massive tent this summer that we've got a little separate little spot for his uh, cat litter even. I'm really excited to give that a go instead of having it right behind us. (laughs) Okay. So that wasn't exactly a fun example of spicing up the inside of your tent, but there are practicalities (laughs) to consider. Like, where do you throw your dirty laundry? Does it go right back in with your clean clothes? Or maybe instead you decide to bring along a mesh or garbage bag specifically for it. Your tent is somewhere you want to keep as tidy as you prefer, but you do want to keep it dry inside. Keep things away from leaning against the walls of your tent. And to help keep your sleeping bag dry, you can just give it a bit of a roll or fold right where it is during the day. And you simply have to roll it back out when you're ready for bed. 
which at this point, if you've got everything put away outside that could attract those animals, you could go ahead and do, but really now is the time to kick back and relax. Oh yeah, pop open a drink, maybe start a campfire, or if it's around mealtime, think about getting things ready to eat. Now's the time to start enjoying the fruits of your labor with all that prep and setup. Maybe throw in some music Mm -hmm. if you're not in a radio-free campground, of course. (laughs) True. Actually, that does bring us to a topic we don't want to forget. Respecting nature, the campground itself, and the others who are trying to enjoy themselves around you. We mentioned in our Choosing a Campsite episode that you are essentially within a neighborhood when you're in a campground. That means you want to be mindful of how your actions and behaviors impact others. Not just those who are within hearing distance of you, but those who share the facilities and those who are going to be camping on your site after you. For example, washing your dishes at the water tap is a big no-no. There are signs that make this clear, but inevitably there will always be someone who ignores them and or just doesn't come prepared with their dishwashing items that you need. A large pot or bucket can work fine. Anything else you can transport the water back to your own site will do your dishes, pretty much. That's why we also mentioned those specific items to pack. It's just part of the basic camping etiquette, both socially and environmentally. Thinking about some other examples of minding your manners that make for a good camper, always remember that your music and noise carry, especially at night. Oh yeah. While your idea of a fun trip might involve your favorite jams blaring as you sing around a campfire, just keep in mind that doing that all afternoon and evening isn't necessarily the idea of fun for those camping around you. That's true. Getting into nature, the sights, the smells, and the sounds are all part of the fun of camping. Exactly. Also, remember to keep your site clean for the animals to keep away, but also be sure to do a garbage sweep before you leave. Make sure you've got your garbage and recycling cleaned up and taken to the dump. But also, give it a look around and tidy up for the next camper. I always like to try to leave a site cleaner than when I got there, even venturing beyond to pick up items in the surrounding areas. Imagine getting to a site filled with junk from the campers before... You've already got some work to do, like we've talked about, so now you've got a site to clean up as well? I've been there and done that, and it's something that doesn't make you too happy before you get going. So always leave your site clean. Speaking of leaving, when your trip is over and you're packing up to leave your campsite, you're essentially doing all of this in reverse. Depending on how long you've been there or how quickly you want to get going in the morning, you may even do some of the packing the night before you head home. First, put away all of your small items back into their bags and bins. Take down and fold up tarps. Pack up everything inside your tent. Deflate air mattresses. Fold up tables and chairs and fold up your tent. And you'll want to load it all up in your car, similar to when you packed at home. You should have some extra room now, having eaten all your food. But if you have to pack up in the rain, things could actually become a little bit more haphazard. Yeah, we've had some jam-packed, wet mess, extra person packouts before <laughs> oh yeah where the gear is wherever it can fit including the people i guess people aren't here <laughs> <laughs> but anyways that's been our campsite setup episode before we go a few last pieces of advice when it comes to getting to your site for your first night try and keep that evening's meal prep as easy as possible if you didn't eat on the drive up Something that maybe just needs to be heated up quickly as opposed to cooked through or hot dogs on the fire or a charcuterie of meat and cheese and crackers. These are all good options. You'll probably be tired after the drive and want to just chill rather than making an involved meal, which we'll get more into in an upcoming episode. Definitely. I completely agree about keeping things easy on night one as well. I truly just want to sit back at the campfire with a glass of wine and something to eat and just feel that, huh, of finally being camping. I love that feeling so much, and I want it right 
now. I know. I can't wait. Oh, no. I know. Honestly. Me too. Last couple of things. Along with having your first aid kit handy, make sure that you have a way to charge your phone easily accessible so that you can make a call in case of an emergency. This is not something you want to be searching for in the middle of the night to charge your phone just to call someone. Also, make sure that the front seat of your car and passenger seats for everyone as required are kept clear. You always want to be able to quickly jump in and drive out, again, in case of any kind of emergency. We've been evacuated from a campground before because of a forest fire, and we may have had the time to pack up, but if you didn't have as much time as we had, you don't want to be struggling to clear a seat and trying to get out of the park. Or even just to go drive and get more ice quickly, taking someone with you. No matter what reason, having your seats clear for the number of people you brought is always a safe bet. Anything else you can think of around campsite setup? I mean, other than getting the hammock up, of course. We really didn't mention that earlier. Oh my gosh, failure. That should be up and ready for the evening along with everything else. Absolutely. One of the most comfortable and relaxing places you can be on your site. Yeah. Which, like we've said, is really what camping is about. Getting out there, enjoying the great outdoors, and relaxing. The more you prepare and think through your setup, the more prepared you're going to be for both the planned and unplanned moments with everything easily within your reach. Join us next time. That's a wrap on another episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Campfire Committee, Outside and Fireside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to share this episode with others to help us expand the Campfire Committee community and pass on the love of camping and the great outdoors. For more, check out our website, thecampfirecommittee.com, and find us on social media at the Campfire Committee. And join our Facebook group, a place where you can share your favorite memories, places, and ideas when it comes to all things camping. Also, let us know what camping or outdoors topics you want to hear more about in future episodes, your camping stories, and any other feedback you've got. Join us next time outside and fireside and until then this campfire has ended before we go we'd like to thank sue logan better known around here as camper sue for her endless camping knowledge support and experience and Stephen pavan our all-in-one editing team we couldn't do this without either of you and to all the extended members of the campfire committee thank you All sound effects that are not our own are from thedevo.net. Music from Epidemic Sound. For more details on all episodes, see our show notes.